Our faster-than-light, ultra-high-tech, 34th-century lives make it easy for us to become disconnected from the natural world, or worlds. So it's important that we take time to reconnect with our primal roots. So when holidays like Interplanetary Forestry Day come up, Hutton ears are quick to get involved. The mighty forests of old Earth are magical places which mark the passing of the seasons, set the scene for many a fairy tale, and clean the very air that we breathe. Now, it can be tricky to recreate this kind of thing on a run-down backwater space station, which smells faintly of cabbages, even in a vacuum, and has the kind of plumbing that would give Heath Robinson a migraine. But it'll take more than that to keep Hutton truckers down. Am I right? Down on the lower rotunda, Budget Clones for You are doing a special on a batch of clones which turned a bit green after accidental exposure to a gamma radiation leak, although there have been some returns due to anger issues. Hangar 2 has been turned into a brain tree garden where couples can go for romantic walks amongst the pulsating glow in the dark arboreal landscape or picnic under the creepy canopy of brain fruit. They've even disabled the landing pad so the hangar doesn't open and expose the whole thing to space every time someone requests docking permission. Well, we don't want a repeat of last year, do we? Some local children have bunked off school to go on a voyage of discovery amongst the various storage tanks and life support machineries down on Z-Deck. In the absence of real trees and vines, they've made a camp in amongst the main cooling towers, complete with hammocks made from, well, whatever they could find around, and a hollow projector to make it look all foresty. When asked where they found all of those cables to make the hammocks and rope swing, they just look at the engineering team blankly. One of them points across to a large machine in the corner with complex-looking manifold, which should have a spider's web of pipes and hoses attached to it. A display panel shows red blinking lights and urgent-looking warning messages. They spring into action, connecting hoses to any connectors that'll fit, and then restart the machine. Among the many messages, one appears in blue. The senior tech reads it and breathes a sigh of relief. They look at the other members of the team and say, Our mics are live. Good evening, good evening, and welcome to Hutton Orbit Live once again. Security, we've got an intruder. Who the hell is that? I'll grab my taser. It's okay. I've got him. Clang. Oh, <laughs> yeah, double ow. That really hurts. It's me. <laughs> no, really, it is me. Yeah. Sandy's just saying that he thinks you look familiar and that he might have seen you in a wanted poster. No, no, really, well, it what, is me. Well, it's day, real. It, but it was on mute. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Look, this is all very familiar. <laughs> See, you <laughs> come back and nothing has changed. It's been perfect yeah. for weeks. <laughs> I've got headlines and everything. Oh, no, you don't. You don't come here sticking your USB stick wherever you feel like it. You don't know what it's been. To be fair, that's true. But look, 
I'm going to push, push, push. I'm going to push a button, or even push a button, and prove it's me. Hutton Hot Bus is static. The Vapor Bio Wiper strikes Explorer. Too hot, too messy, closing in on the big numbers. Space legs, not half. A message from Atrus reaches the studio. I take a look at what a pickle we're in. Okay, we believe you. Just behave, though. I've got the pan on standby, just in case. Not the pan! Anything but the pan! First this evening, Colonia is crackling and sparking. Or at least a little portion of orbital space somewhere near Fort Muggies, a few square kilometres of space surrounding the Hutton Hot Bus. After one of those late-night Galbay ordering sessions, you know the kind, where you're browsing whilst having a few glasses of Centauri Megagin and wake up to the doorbell the next day with a delivery of an inflatable unicorn, a box of floppy disks and 500 bunches of fully calibrated bananas. For scale, King Hanky had a typographical incident of the 5 billion credit variety. This month's Hutton Hot Bus is a felt carrier. The Brewer Corporation, no strangers to strange orders, delivered this fine, fuzzy, fully featured fleet carrier to Hutton Space for him, complete with velour wallpaper, thick shag carpets, suede lined seats, and fluorescent flame proof felt signs for all the landing pads. King Hanky has noticed a few upsides to the purchase of a highly strokeable carrier. The noise reduction and echo cancellation afforded by the fibrous coverings mean that the experience of flying to Colonia is a very, very soft one. The downside is that he's had to confine everyone to quarters after a number of the passengers took to shuffling up and down the corridors in their socks and then giving each other the kind of electrical discharge that makes the ends of your hair go curly. Deadmeat GF, not one normally known for his flowing locks, instead sported a rather fetching St. Elmo's fire hovering somewhere above his cranium. Commander Splendor, usually piratically coiffured and sporting a mighty beard, was walking around the carrier looking for all the world like a giant crackling microphone. Ball lightning was seen drifting down towards the engine room, and visiting scientists from Canon Interstellar managed to rig up some rather Heath Robinson equipment to see if they could harness the energy to power the coffee machine. The best little addition to the Hutton Hot Bus, that 80s classic, the Fuzzy Felt Farm. Exceedingly flat little animals, specially engineered to have one fewer dimensions than normal, and such that the walls of the carrier could be adorned with cutesy little farm creatures. Unfortunately, the usual passion passengers took to arranging them in a tableau that would make even the hardiest farmer blush. We don't know what that chicken was doing to Hanky's prized Helen coup, but it's probably illegal in most jurisdictions. 
the carrier cat had to be put into stasis after the hairball it coughed up following a particularly lengthy velour wallpaper grooming session caused a hairball at risk of developing its own gravitational pull and yanking the carrier off course. This is a reminder to all Hutton billionaires. When buying your next brewer-made behemoth, don't forget to run a spell check over the order form. Thank goodness he wasn't buying a fur de lance. Explorers and exobiologists throughout the galaxy are on the lookout for a dastardly rotten pirate going by the name of the Pink Viper. Today, after reports that the nefarious Baden was interfering with the important work of cataloguing the location of many of the galaxy's exobiological samples. Unlike most pilots who offer to boil you up or offer to chomp on your tasty cargo, or for those with the violent content and profanity filters turned off, suggesting they're going to tear you a new one, the Pink Viper has a far more insidious method of attack. They're a cyber pirate, the kind that has a keyboard with the gaps between the letters filled with rancid Cheeto dust from their fingertips and most of the login log- log- names using substitute numbers where letters should be and probably containing an exclamation mark and a backwards apostrophe and some masked swearing. The attacks appear to be by short-range communication blasting their targeting exclusively the vulnerabilities in Commander's Dysonator exobiological sampling equipment. One twiddle of the thing, one twiddle of the other thing, and instead of hoovering up some space loofah or cataloguing yet another fonticulous camper stress, your advisor goes black, followed by the message, you've been knobbed by the Pink Viper, before waking up back in your ship after a swift recovery by Galactic Emergency Systems, via a menu or two of course. The Pilots Federation were contacted for further information about the security vulnerability in your portable science lab, as have Vista Genomics. They were quick to ensure, to reassure people that the Pink Viper was in no way related to the PWAF, which as everyone knows is a Cobra, and Sally doesn't eat Cheetos. Other than that, they have put a crack team of cyber warfare experts on the case and are hoping to have closed the loopholes and captured the Pink Viper and incarcerated them in some kind of holding facility as the notorious Black Fingernail, Primrose Corsair and the most rotten of rotten robbers, the Tartan Privateer. For the time being, recommendations are that you don't stick your thingy at the su- that you don't stick your thingy at the suggestively shaped alien life for a bit, for fear of falling foul of the pink viper and their Barbie virus. For those that are colourblind, just keep an eye out for vipers, unless they've got a flag, they've got flashing lights on the roof and a siren. In fact, watch out for them too, because if you're not carrying your documents and haven't recently checked the diatribe depth of your scarab, you could be in trouble. After 61 weeks, Too Hot, Too Messy is ever closer to the six figures and with over 98,000 deliveries and we should reach that significant milestone in the next week or two. Recent numbers have been down to fewer than a thousand a week, mostly due to the ladies having a temerity to take a break, but now they are back hard at it so you don't have to. Over the years, I've seen one or two references to life in the galaxy being, well, dangerous. Ooh, surely chucking mugs around is considered generally safe, routine even. 
but nonetheless rewarding. However, there will be that time where you're busy in the commodity market screen and you didn't see the board security guard wandering across the pad under your ship right past the keep clear signs, or the time you didn't see the Goliath hovering just above you when you hit the auto launch, haul back on the stick and hit boost. Then things get exciting and, well, dangerous. The normally passive ground defence lasers go all sonar lumiere on you. The mates of the security guard you just fried get a bit miffed, see the main chance and let rip. Often you get away with dead shields and perhaps a bit of hull damage, but if you're there, a couple but if there are a couple of ships on patrol, they join in with the disco lasers to turn you into a rapidly climbing disco ball of disintegration. Before you've really taken in what just happened, you are presented with a huge fine, a trip to the rebuy screen and a trip back to your fleet carrier to restock the mugs and gin that are still raining down on the settlement you just left in a most undignified of ways. Traffic to Hutton is very light this week. You're almost guaranteed a parking space when you arrive. I've never seen Cubicle 3 as clear as this before. They must have been through it with one of those giant furry pipe cleaners or a little yellow truck covered in bristles. Just one Hutton run this week. Norbert Patinard with 1 hour 24 minutes 28 seconds. Maybe they picked up enough mugs to finally get into the Thousand Club. Spider-Mind Systems, the inventive and enthusiastic mega-corporation behind such successes as really cool dice, uh, role-playing games where it doesn't matter if people bail at the last minute as the only person they depend on is you, or other role-playing games where you get to fly cobras and throw dice at each other, like really cool dice, as well as the now legendary Little Level Up Tables, have announced their latest invention. Legs. And magnets. Just like you'd find on any concourse on the galaxy. The differentiating factor with these legs, though, is that they're not yours. Well, they could be, but not those kind of legs. Their press release, having been run through the Hutton Translatortron, reads as follows. The little legs that lift your tabletop table can now have their very own little legs, which of course lift the little tabletop table a little higher. What's more, magic magnets under the edge of your tabletop table, whether you fitted the little tabletop table little legs with lifts or not, mean you can add a little light for all the things hidden under your table. Digging in the dark for a drop D10 is a thing of the past. Are you having trouble telling tall glasses of ale from fruity fermented drinks under the rim of your risen realm? Worry no more, as the magic magnetic lights will show you the way without needing 10 feet of improvision and a natural 20 on your perception roll. What's more, your little legged and maybe even lifted little tabletop table is now certified mooncake proof. Unless, of course, You've lifted it a little too much and lose your cat under the extended edges of the tabletop table. Coming soon from Spidermind, a little more for your little tabletop table. Available at all good Pioneer supply stores in a station near you. 
Oh, and they've made the little tabletop table for your tabletop, sitting atop its little legs, or even the new extended little legs, complete with magnets for your lamps, even bigger. Meaning you can battle bigger, map more, and have lots more space under the little tabletop table for the things that shouldn't be on the top, but should be safely stowed below. If you, if you see what we mean. Mooncake does. She likes sleeping on ours. After pushing all the miniatures off, of course. Atrus 5060, stalwart of the war against the Thargoids and regular correspondent here at Hutton Orbital Radio, has sent some news to the Hutton Broadcast Room, which is absolutely in keeping with proper truckerly behaviour. He's been analysing the attack patterns from the Thargoids and exactly how humanity is doing in giving them the Thargoid equivalent of a bloody nose and come to the conclusion that we're being a bit mean to them. As such, and in order to avoid a total face roll of the conflict against the Thargoids each and every week, he has done the gentlemanly thing and taken a step back to allow Tharg to pick up his weapons, take a breather, and in future continue the conflict on level ground. Which in space is of course spherical, or potato shaped, but definitely not flat. It might be mountainous. This kind of chivalry is rare in the galaxy, and even more rare when it comes to interspecies conflict. But in an effort to show the kind of diplomacy a Hutton trucker is capable of, Atrus is taking a back seat for a bit. He will, of course, be keeping a weather eye on Tharg's response to this action, and as actions <clears throat> I try that one again, and as actions speak louder than words, and we already can't understand the words that Tharg the Mighty's mighty minions are saying, we're hoping that grand gestures might be the opening overtures into a change in human slash Thargoid interactions. We would like to thank Atrus for his service to date and reassure everyone that should the need arise, and at the very proper time and place, and of course, if we need him, Atrus will be strapping his spandex onesie back on, draping a cape over his shoulders, and leaping once again into the breach. For the time being, he's got absolute faith that we've got this thing in the bag, at least as long as Valkarius is still about. Um, Valkarius, you are still about, aren't you? After a longer period of not being here, all is generally not too bad and kind of alright in Hutton Space this week. No fewer than seven systems are on the naughty step, but we have only one system in need of chuckly assistance. More on those stories coming up. Following Hutton's narrow 4-3 victory last week, Ross 671 is still in the wooden spoon spot on 32. The other factions are undergoing something of a permanent reshuffle as second place just concluded a war against now fifth place and third and fourth have started to slug it out tying up a quarter of the influence. Stein 2051 is suffering from a pair of civil wars, neither of which involve Hutton but they are sucking up all but 10% of system influence leaving us on 34. A point higher on 35 are a pair of systems, Hillpass Psy 
and Barnard Star recovering from pirate attack and infrastructure failure respectively. Hill Pass Sai is only 20% of influence available to exploit, but Barnard Star is a proper basket case with four factions in famine, a war locking up 30% and four states of civil unrest. Hutton is the only faction not suffering from such chaos and its residents are understandably elated. Another pair keeping each, co- each other company is this time on 38 are Epsilon Indy and LP525-39. There is a very minor war in Epsilon Indy, but the LP system is wide open and clear to boost. Lastly, our seventh below par system is 36 off Yuki on 39. Two wars are ensuing that only a handful of influence is still on the table, so look elsewhere if you're in the mood for a bit of boosting. Middenshkut is suffering from an outbreak, possibly a nasty rash from a blunt razor or not using the right soap, but whatever you do, don't put aftershave on it. Ship in meds to block the shaving cuts and relieve the stinging. In our home system, Alpha Centauri, Centauri Megagen production is still suffering due to the poor security station uh, situation, despite almost being an investment. Hand in Hutton bounties and redeem combat bonds in Alpha Centauri. The large pad surface stations are still mostly offline, so those who like to travel around on their space legs might like to indulge in a few restore missions. At the overachieving end of the Hutton systems table, we have four systems above 60%. And priorities this week are, if you want to trap something, relieve the outbreak in Midgecut, boost LP525-39, and if you want to shoot something, vaporize some criminals and hand in Hutton bounties and combat bombs in Alpha Centauri. The gin must flow. Wow. Are you convinced yet? Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's me. I mean, the tongue twisters were a giveaway. Oh, that. And yeah. the seams. Don't forget if the I seams. Still hear it, if I still hear it at half 11, I believe it's you. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm barred from doing that tonight. Challenge Hello. accepted. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello, everybody. I've missed you. I've... Ah, never mind. You'll get us for the same. You, you've been gone so long, I forgot to put your image back in the top. <laughs> and, and I'm the invisible yep. man. Oh, we don't care about yours, though, Chicks. Well, it's not yeah, well, you. Chicks is, yeah, it was me me and Chicks. Yeah. Well, our, our, our pictures are happily skipping up and down the concourse hand in hand. Uh, really? <laughs> yes. Anyway, anyway, welcome back, everybody, to the show. Um, it, 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 it's nice to be back, actually. It's nice to be back in my studio chair, albeit my microphone caught fire. I don't know what you've been cleaning it with, but it may have caught fire and be misbehaving a bit. Cleaning it? Yeah, but um, so so hopefully it'll carry on working, and if it doesn't, well, we all get to go home earlier tonight, uh, which which Yay! is nice. So, so 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 I was going to say, what did I miss? Did I miss a frontier live stream? You did. But have I missed two frontier that. live streams? I've been away that. No, long. that that would be extravagant. No, that mm. was yeah. <clears throat> Nobody's away that long. So did we have thirty-three? Yes. Yes. Eventually. Right. Okay. Was it fun? It was a live stream. It streamed. Oh. It was live. It had stuff in it. Now, doing news, the maths developers. on when the one that was that I missed was the yeah. one that also was was today. No. Nope. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you have, but no. 
Yeah, counting is correct, but no. Okay. Um, so, so what have they said about the one that was, that wasn't, that was today? It'd be sold, please. Yes. They're, going to put that on, they're going to put that on in the middle of the month as a Halloween special. Oh, so that'll be nowhere near actually Halloween. It'll be like yeah. certain people do. They celebrate the whole month as Halloween now. Yeah, and, and fireworks. They've probably just started in a in an alleyway near you. Oh, no, no, I, 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 saw I think some that's two the um, ago. Uh, that's Amelia just mining again <laughs> with those big <laughs> rockets. Could have been. Yeah. Okay, so it's coming. I've just a message has popped up on the script here. Uh, October the nineteenth at sixteen hundred BST, fifteen hundred UTC. Mm-hmm. That reminds me, don't clocks change as well sometimes soon? Uh, yeah, the, the last end of Sunday month. of October, yeah, the twenty-ninth. Oh, okay. Which time the show will move off BST and move to UTC, but it will still be at eight o'clock. No, it'll go to game time. And the same happens with the CGs. They'll still be at three o'clock our time. <laughs> right. Or somebody's time, anyway. Because no, it, it's always three o'clock somewhere. I deliberately <laughs> didn't interfere in the okay. space news this week, just in case I overlapped with things mm. that you'd already done. So I'm going to have to hand over to the space news to somebody who remembers what you talked about last week so I don't stick my foot in it. If you mention the space news, you've got to do the intro to the space news. Ooh. Yeah. dum da dum da dum Space news. Space news. Space news. Uh, yeah, that's it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's see what, so, so, what we've got up so on the first, agenda. We, we, we've, we've got another excuse to sing happy birthday. Oh, wait have a minute. We? we have. Yeah. Oh, I better take Ooh. that Sput- off then. Sput- Sputnik's 66th birthday yesterday. So it was oh. that website. <laughs> yep. All right, I'll bring it back up we, again. We, we have we have now been correctly. in the space age for 66 years. Wow. Wow, that's awesome. It feels mm-hmm. a lot longer than it feels. Well, well, we don't. We don't it's talk about. It's kind the, of been all of our lives. We don't talk about the German space program. <laughs> Just, <laughs> well, that's that. The German space program that, became the four American more space years program. Or <laughs> four less years in my life. Yeah. I always liked the design of Sputnik. I always thought Sputnik. it was a very, yeah Sputnik. Is that the one with the little eyes and the uh, it's, slightly? Well, you've got a picture of it. Yeah. There's a picture yeah. of it up now. It gets too near the sun and it smells wonderful. It, it, like it's a, a very potato. retro-looking satellite, and I love that retro chrome look. Yeah, it yeah. was. It at, was at, very at the time, it was state-of-the-art and modern. Yeah, uh, it's just—it's like a ball before aerials coming off it, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. like a disco yeah. ball without the lasers. Oh, very I always well thought it looked very cool. Ball. Yeah, but, uh, I think it sparked off quite a lot of uh, fear. Kind of fear and loathing in the guys. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, the Russians are coming but, for us. Particularly amongst the night shift. Yeah, mm. <clears throat> and it was kind of lying because... on his head, going beep, beep, mm-hmm. beep. Well, it was interesting because um, Bank um, were able to listen to it. Yeah, they were tracking it, weren't they? Yeah, they were tracking it. Anybody with a wireless was able to listen to it. That was kind of the point. <laughs> yeah, and I've got could space hear facts. It, not, not track it. Ooh. I've got space facts to go with the space news. Oh, yeah. Do you know why Sputnik is called Sputnik? Oh, companion, traveller. Oh no, it's Russian for satellite. I thought. No, yeah, companion. That is no. <laughs> did, did they just steal your thunder, Dave? Oh, did I miss that bit? 
Oh, that was thunder, was it? I wonder what that noise oh, was. Oh, no, that was sorry, I had chili for lunch. Well, I'm sorry, I, I, I maybe I invented that one, but I thought Sputnik was just the Russian word for satellite. So it is actually satellite one. Uh, the, yeah, the, the first satellite. But yes, a very unimaginative name. It could have been called something really cool, but no, it's called satellite one. Well, they're not wrong. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> no, it, it is. It was absolutely satellite one. Nobody got there. Well, satellite one technically is the moon, isn't it? To, to, to be fair, though, it is the original machine that goes ping. Yes, yes. So it's not a microwave. And it probably costs a million. No, that's dollars. a pop ping. In Wales. Did they invent Sputnik before microwaves? In Wales, it's that pop microdon. No, actually, I'm just I'm just Don't reading, uh, and it it does say satellite one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, no, it, it, I, I feel it, this it is actually much, much younger. Than, uh, sorry, much younger than the microwave. 1945 for microwaves. Pre the prefix s is fellow, and Putnik is traveller, fellow traveller. Yeah. So microwaves weren't the first machine to go ping. Oh no. No. What was the first machine to go ping? Oh, well, well, pin, I, I mean, a, a bell machines? could have been a like a yeah, a mechanical but a doorbell, ring, not ping. Yeah, telegraph machines go ping. Typewriter. There you go, ping. Yeah. Oh, but ding, which, really. which, which was the first? Yeah. It's ding. Oh, I'm going to go with typewriter. Probably, probably that bell on reception at posh hotels. Yeah. But it's not a machine, is it? No. Could you it class that as a machine? It's got complicated moving parts. Uh, is it complicated, though? Yes, it does. Really, though. <laughs> well, due to an accidental typo while researching your previous question about when was the, the, the ping <laughs> invented, I have discovered there's such a thing as pink noise, which is appropriate, given the... Well, given pink the noise is earlier. the one that makes everybody a That's technical def definition. Shad, isn't it? Pink, pink was invented when Stone Age woman threw some uh, red socks in with Stone Age man's shirt. <laughs> and as, as, as is mentioned by a certain yeah. little grey... I've just noticed that. Yeah, that, that, that was flat. Yeah. There's also brown noise, but that's a bit... There is brown noise. <laughs> brown noise generator. Just ask Mindy about brown noise. But yeah. no, apparently We've there is got pink noise. One of the, one of the hot announcements is a brown noise... Is mm -hmm. a test of the brown noise system. Yeah, yes. get your corks ready, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, corks ready. Okay, I am currently looking at on my screen here in the studio a two-dimensional pink noise grayscale image, which has confused my colourblind brain. Something seriously <laughs> rotten. Are, are you sure it's not a grey noise pink scale image? image? <laughs> a two-dimensional pink noise grayscale image. That sounds like the kind of nonsense I'd write in the script. Yeah. It kind of does, doesn't it? Well, that's, it writes yeah. itself. But apparently a pink noise or fractional noise or fractal noise is a signal or process with a frequency spectrum such that the power spectral density is inversely proportional to the frequency of the signal. You know Volcarius is lapping this up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> or in pink noise, each octave interval, halving or doubling in frequency, carries an equal amount of noise energy. Pink noise sounds like a waterfall. There we go. Oh. 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 I like waterfalls. Yes, mm. I've learned I like something noise. this week. And thank you, Sputnik, <laughs> for forcing me when I was looking up ping to find out about pink noise. Well done, noise. Satellite yeah. One. There oh, we go. good so old Sputnik. Now. 
Zigzig. So now we've well now we've always got to refer to it as Sputnik One because otherwise we're just saying good old satellite in Russian, and that yeah, could mean any satellite yeah. or companion or companion or traveler. Traveler. Traveling we don't talk companion. about traveler anymore. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah. Not since the incident. <laughs> the incident. Not, not since the incident, no. What, so what happened to Sputnik? Did it just sticky and did it yeah, sort of it, yeah, it, went into it, the it atmosphere and burned up? Stayed, stayed up for a little while and then went um, very, very hot. So it stayed yeah. up until uh, early January the following year. Oh, OK. Mm. That's a shame. It stopped it's broadcasting not... after a couple of days, didn't it? Ran out of power. Yeah. That's a shame it's not, it's not put somewhere in a museum or something. A proper artefact, that thing. Well, well it, given that it burns up on re-entry and basically yeah. turns to dust, there's probably bits of it in most oh, yeah, of the museums yeah, yeah. around the world. Which, be, which begs the question, why didn't the cow burn up on re-entry? He often does. What, the cow jumped over the moon? <laughs> That's the one. I, I'm, I'm so glad that there was a pause after you said that. Like, I wasn't yeah. the only one that was having <laughs> I was, a little loading I screen in front of my eyes. You're asking why the cow didn't burn up when we entered. That's a big assumption that the cow re-entered the Earth's atmosphere. That's true. It only jumped over the moon. Well, you, it didn't you say are, it came back. Also, it may not have been on a free return trajectory. Yeah. But mm, you may be true. making the assumption that it was an Earth cow. Well, yes. And then the other cow re-entered. And also, how cow. do we know that it jumped over the moon and not under the moon? No, because it's, in, the it's, the moon? it's documented. It's there. The cow jumped over the moon. I've got That's... a kid's book in the shelf behind me that shows a picture uh, of an earth cow factually accurate, earth yeah, of, of a mad cow jumping over a smiling moon. So, right, say okay. if we but just I mean, made heat could... shields out of leather, everything would be fine. If if you left the Earth on a trajectory to the moon and you jumped over the moon, you could continue going afterwards. Well, you could end all, up anywhere. All spaceships should have others. I'm glad there was another pause there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why did he make you sound that, more pauses than Mooncake? I had that thought I made. I had that pause. I went. I don't see why I should be the only one subjected to this. <laughs> we, I'd like to apologise, listener. I'm going to interrupt this bit. There we go. I'm going to interrupt this bit. We've had a message from Spider-Man. Oh, so Spider-Man Games. Spider-Man. Spider-Man yep, Games. Spider-Man says thank you once again to Amelia. Mm. Oh. <laughs> and to all the fine folks for another shout-out, snogs to everyone. Yeah. Woo. Yay! No tongues. Here we go. Snogs all round. Snogs. Thank you very much. Spider-Man. Spider-Man games. They're such a cool company, and they're so nice, the people. Yeah. That, you know, they're, mm. they're really cool people. They um, are nice people. Yeah, go, go well, buy we... their stuff. Yeah, buy their stuff. Well, we'll, we'll talk a little bit stuff. about their stuff very briefly after the Space News and before the Word of the Week. Um, to explain why we put that article in, but Space News Part Two. Dun 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 dun. dun. Space News. Space, Space News. Yeah. Uh, well, so this one is the latest from the uh, James Webb Space Telescope. Look at that! It's, Isn't that pretty? It's seen things in space. Isn't it designed That's to do that? Yeah, it is. Supposed... Yeah, which is why it's good news. <laughs> They've been so it's working. working very, very well. They've been looking at the uh, Orion Nebula, and they've found lots and lots of jumbos. Not the best Jumbo. of nebulas, only three stars. Jupiter no, mass Orion's binary best. object. Waste of space. J-M-B-O. Yeah. <laughs> Jumbo. Yes. And, as has been many times said, astronomers should not be allowed to name things. 
Hang on, if we can come up with initialisms, yeah, and acronyms for stuff, why can't they? You know, because they're terrible at it. This is possibly the best one they've ever done, but they're terrible at it. Always remember the the one I always liked was the the SES one where they talk about fish, which is fighting in someone's house. (laughs) (laughs) That's the proper terminology. Are you going fishing? Well, yes. only after fifteen pints. Yes. Um, yes. With, with hand grenades. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so they've, they've, they're so Jupiter mass binary objects. You're, you're, yeah. They're, they're Bas- called jumbos. Basically, pairs of rogue planets. Only huh. pairs. Well, yeah. multiples in orbit round one another. So three body gets complicated and one gets kicked out. Right, one for each eye when the telescope's looking binocular. No, ma- no menage They've spotted quite a few. Uh, but yeah. What is a Jupiter mass binary object then? It's uh, Jumbo. Well, it's it's basically, it's a rogue planet. It's a planet that isn't orbiting a star, but there's two of them orbiting one another. And they're sort of um, big buggers, like Jupiter size, but too small to be stars. And they're not orbiting stars, they're out wandering on their own. And they're just waltzing around the galaxy yeah. without a care. Mm-hmm. Are they Australian on walkabout? Possibly. It's possible. Or yes, it could be that we've uh, discovered dead meat to collection. Because the scientists have been looking up and saying, what an enormous pair. Yes. Or, I mean, a bit, bit like uh, with Pluto, he's like, well, fine, you don't want me in the solar system. I'm going to go and find and another one. Hold on, scroll yeah. back up a wee minute. Scroll back up a wee minute to those six pictures. That one in the top right, they put a pair of lips on that. Are you sure you're not watching this? Planets married at first sight. What? Yeah, but the one in the middle seems to be wearing a Batman mask. Yeah. <laughs> so they've actually seen it's, us. This isn't a bit like with them um, planets around stars where they have to do the, the occlusion. No, this is direct imaging of them. Direct imaging. Yeah, but don't, mm-hmm. don't forget, you're looking, the reason they're looking in um, the Orion Nebula is because it basically it's backlit. So yeah. you can see them. Mm. Oh, I suppose shadows. So, yeah. They're yeah. not. They're not shadow. Not but black. Yeah, JWST really is that good. I mean, it does boggle the mind a little bit. I mean, space is big. You know that old quote about. It, I mean, it's mind-bogglingly big. And if you point your telescope anywhere in the sky and you could focus it at any distance there, you think, well, "I'm just going to look over there," and blam! Oh, look, there are six of them. I mean, does this mean there are lots and lots and lots of them out there? And you know, we could just be minding our own business in orbit as planet Earth one day and all of a sudden a Jupiter's gonna come bombing past us. But don't don't forget the Orion Nebula is a is a you know it's a, basically a massive cloud of dust and gas. So it's a star forming yes. region. It's also yeah. a very oh, so long way. Way. It's a planet so forming it's region. Unsurprising that stuff like this occurs. I suppose yeah. all that dust and gas coalesces and, and forms yeah. a big dense and thing. They just, but they, they just aren't big enough to, to ignite a star. Although a few more collisions than some of them might be. Yeah, you get yes. brown brown dwarf. No comedians, <laughs> please. That's but that's one of those things as well where they were saying, you know, they were saying um, when, before the James Webb went up, we don't know what we're going to discover. There's going to be stuff we don't know about yet. Yeah, yeah. And we'll, well I mean, would you have go, put down? My God. No. You know, and this is one of those things where they've just pointed at somewhere and went, what the hell are those things? Yeah, I'll take dozens of jumbos for October. Yes. Well, the thing is, if you th- if you think about it, are are there small rocks out there? Yeah, of course there are. Are there bigger rocks out there? Yeah, of course there are. Yeah. And then you go through gas giants, and then if a gas giant gets too big, it's a star, and you know it's there because you can see the bloody thing. So yeah. it's in that sort of 
Yeah, yeah, that's in between where you could have predicted it if you'd sat down and done the exercise. But well, what, the, I mean, all, but your inventive mind would say, what, what might exist out there that I might yeah. have to look for? A, a pair of Jupiter-sized things just meandering through space on their own. I mean, you wouldn't mm. have thought a pair. You might have thought maybe there's the odd rogue planet floating yeah, about been, there. I mean, they've been talked for years and mm. years about rogue planets and can they exist and could this but happen? In pairs, yeah, they do, but in pairs. It's go, a bit like well, girls going to the toilet well, and nightclub yeah, have to go in pairs. Yeah, but don't don't forget binary stars are more common than single stars. Yeah. And plus, binary you know, systems. You have to have someone and, to go to the toilet with. It's the law. And yeah. guesstimates actually say that there's going to be more rogue planets than there are planets in star systems. So. Well, that that was the yeah the next natural conclusion is are these things potentially incredibly common and the ones that get captured by stars maybe less common um, because we think of the points in the sky because we can see them that's obvious oh there's planets and stars up there but the big empty space might be full of space junk and jupiter sized i mean double earths i mean does it have to be double jupiters could it be double no but we can actually spot them yeah if they get too small we can't see them again so well i I don't think an earth would develop uh in absence of a star would it It'd be a frozen snowball. Depend, depends on the definition. If you I suppose dumped, it could well, be you wouldn't have liquid water, would you? No. Yes. If, if you dumped Earth out in deep space, it would still have liquid water. It would probably still have life. Well, Just think about the thermal would, vents at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, but it would still freeze. Mm, I mean, we've had thermal... Surface vent. would, but... Um, yeah. We've got, a thick enough, we've got a thick enough atmosphere, it would actually keep a surprising amount of heat in. The equator would probably still be liquid. Uh, well, once it wasn't, and we still well, have no, thermal vents. The, the heat comes from inside. There's a, yeah, I know, a lot but, of heat from the. But you've got a, a lot of heat from uh, from. I the mean, sun it would eventually well. yeah. cool down, and all that energy would. But no, yeah, another ten billion years does or it, so, unless it's actually radiating. Yeah, another yeah, ten yeah, billion okay. years or so, and the earth will cool down. But uh... going back to the going to the toilet in Paris thing, I was on a train at the weekend, <clears> and there were these gosh. two women who went to the loo together. Now, I went to the loo at a separate time, and I could barely move in there. So, like, what the hell two of them were doing in there? So, anybody guess. Did one of them go it's, one and the other um, two did It's not far enough past the watershed, I, don't I don't think we'll delve too much. No, I don't mean that. I mean, somebody's mind goes off in the could, wrong direction. Could, could, yeah, my mind's already in the wrong direction. You, you could barely yeah, get in the bloody What's wrong with that direction? Nothing wrong with it. I just don't think it's appropriate for on air. Why would you go there and then stand outside? Don't care if it's accurate. I'm already there. <laughs> right, well, mo- moving along then from jumbos and Jupiter mass binary objects, um, have we got, we've got an animals in space news, space yeah, news, but well, dum ba dum space news. You know how we've had lots of things where people are saying it's so many giraffes high and it's so many killer wheels long or it's this, it's well, that? Well, we've got a new one. So, giant asteroid the size of 1,000 capybaras to pass Earth Tuesday. It may already have passed. Um, so yeah, which yeah. Tuesday? Is this an SI capybara? No, it's an imperial, imperial capybara. Oh. Well, that was published on the second, so the second would have been Monday. Oh, nice beaver! That's not a beaver. <laughs> I've had this conversation. That's a capybara. Is that what it's you a, said to the two? No, is, never mind. <laughs> that is You're just capybara. jealous because they didn't measure it in aardvarks, aren't you? You imagine the noise that would have come out of North Britain if yeah. they released that article and it was aardvarks. Just go back up. That must be. Is that Halloween? It's Duncan for apples. Who's Duncan? That beaver. 
Yeah, Duncan's the beaver. Look. Oh, wee Duncan the beaver. Look at him. That's not a beaver. That's a capybara. We got you. It's a rodent about the size and shape of a pig. I was just about to say, I was just about to say, Mia, can we have some facts about capybaras? You want facts about capybaras? Well, let me tell you some facts about capybaras. Um, Capybaras are, they they live in sort of wetlands, not quite swamps, but... uh, I I thought this was space news, not capybara news. It's the same thing. But there's a thousand capybaras in space, so they are space news. What we need to know is how big one is. A thousand capybaras heading for the air. That's easy, chicks. There are thousands of the size of that asteroid. They, they are the biggest rodent on Earth. I'm just trying well, to think of the thousands of pigs. Space. Um, the mm, fur is quite brittle and dries quickly. Mm. Um, and there's a reddish-brown colour. And, yeah, so capybaras. You know, you said that they're like ca- the guinea pig sorry. family, aren't they? Uh, yeah, they're related to guinea pigs. You know you can eat guinea pigs. Well, you'd, yeah, you'd, yeah. you'd have some strength to stick a pole up its arse and eat it off a stick, wouldn't you? Bloody hell. Yeah. Oh, you I remember Dan Crookshank doing that in a railway mm. station in Peru. He, he sat there and all the locals are looking at him going, bloody tourists. You know, we don't yeah. really do that. I just, I, I had to put up that, that image that you... Uh, yeah. <laughs> that is a beautiful capybara <laughs> with what, what I think might be a shower cap. on his on. head? A shower cap. <laughs> He's wearing a shower cap. He's at a bath. Yeah. We shouldn't ask too many questions about this photograph. You might learn things you don't want to know. A bit capybaras. Right. Is that it? Capybara-fueled space. Yeah, that's it. So we're now measuring asteroids and capybaras. Okay, what's this asteroid doing? It's flying past the Earth. Right. See, that's the space news. How close to Earth? When? It's about uh, 10 two, million two... capybaras away from the Earth. Oh, <laughs> two days ago. <laughs> it missed. Oh, we missed it. Excellent. Yeah. We missed it's about it. 40 kilowheels <clears throat> long and 30, you know, 40 so, kilowheels long. Tuesday so just was it wide. inside of the moon's orbit? Was it outside the moon's orbit? Oh, was it... Does it mark capybaras? Were they jumping over the moon no, with the cow? It. And did the capybara burn up on re-entry? And when they were, yeah, when they were jumping over the moon, did they re-enter and not just continue? Because if they're pig-sized, <laughs> the one is called close. Sputnik. If you go about halfway down, it tells you that it's uh, travelling too far away to be uh, pose any risk to the Earth. Ah, uh, yeah, there it is. Oh, it's got words, look. Oh my god, yeah. look at that prostate. The secret of prostate problems. Oh, well, you get the secret of prostate problems? Point. I don't know if it's the secret of prostate problems. It says there. Urologists do this once a day to show. Oh, yeah, I see it. Aye. What is the Ooh. average size of a capybara? I think you'll say prostate then. About yay big. <laughs> yeah, it's a <laughs> See that asteroid in the picture there? It's about a thousandth of the length of that. You've got a capybara. 1.2 yes. kilometres, so a capybara, I think it's a capybara is about four, yeah, I was going to say about 4.4 four and a half feet. They're big. Well, I mean, they're of course they've got four big. feet, it's one at each corner on the end of the legs. Oh! They are 106 <clears throat> to 134 centimetres in length and stand yep. 50 to 62 centimetres tall at the withers. Yeah. They are big. So when they say it's the size of 1,000 capybaras, do they mean mass? Or length, or width. The diameter is one thousand capybaras placed nose to tail. Yeah, it's is around one point two kilometers. So it's, oh, 
so kilometers in diameter. Yeah, that's so a big rock. Around a thousand so volumetrically, it's several billion capybaras in volume. Oh yeah, there's a lot of capybaras in that. You could, that's but, a lot yeah, of bacon. If it was made entirely of capybaras, you would have quite a lot. You know, they for, taste for like density, rabbit. For density, it's probably about ten billion capybaras for mass. Sure, it's not what, taste asteroids? like chicken. No, no, no. They taste like rabbit. What asteroids? No, guinea pigs. So I'm presuming capybaras would too. Guinea pigs taste like asteroids. No, they taste like rabbit. Oh, asteroids taste like rabbit, right? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, guinea pigs taste like capybaras. Aren't you, aren't you keeping up? That's what I said. Moving along from millions or billions or hundreds or thousands of capybaras, um, just before we move on to the, the, the mug winner and the word of the week, uh, we thought we'd add a little bit of clarity to the commentary earlier that, you know, the tongue twister that Amelia did do a marvellous job with earlier about um, our friends from Spider-Mind Games. Because they have dun 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 dun, dun an exciting announcement. No, Ooh, they do not. What is it? Yeah. The crowdfunding smash hit is back. <clears throat> New, improved, evolved, level up, evolved. I mean, the legs can now walk. Well, I don't know. But apparently, since selling over 50,000 units of their raised tabletop gaming platform, also known as the little tabletop table with the little legs to lift things up above the table so you can put things under. Um, anyway, the Level Up Evolved will launch on GameFound this fall. Uh, sounds like an American has written this one. With new features and an improved design, making game nights better than ever. Uh, but they're also releasing an evolution pack, which is basically little screwing extenders for your legs to lift them up a little bit, as Amelia mentioned. Um, and there's also on the new design something to do with magnets they've got underneath in the design so you can clip on little lights so that you lose your D10 underneath. You don't, you know, you're not fumbling and accidentally grabbing, I don't know what you'd be grabbing under the table or being See, grabbed by things. It's all this yeah. talk of legs and extra legs and the fact that they're selling you legs and things like that. And I'm thinking, is this one of these uh, build your own attack? You know, you get a binder and it builds week by week into a comprehensive guide for building a, an attack. You, you just want slightly longer legs, don't you? I do. I do. I got some, <laughs> Can we unscrew a, your legs and screw on like little inserts? A couple of years ago for my Christmas. And then I stepped to one step in his kitchen floor, nearly fell on my ass, and that was it. They were put away. And then have <laughs> never seen the latest night and day since. But they were just like wee bucket ones that you stand on with the loops. But, oh, yeah, what it felt like. I felt like a proper grown-up with them on. Oh, yeah, they were, with the, the handles, you have to sort of lift your own foot up and down so the yeah. buckets don't fall off. Yeah, yes. it's just like an upside-down bucket with a bit of string through it. And if, like me, you were a tubby kid, then you had to use the um, the, the uh, um, pottery ones and not the uh, plastic ones because you just crush them. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't crush hey, these ones, which is clop, remarkable clop. considering, but, yeah, I, didn't, uh, I was okay with the ones. Essentially, they're levelling up their level-up. Yeah. Yes. You see their catchphrase. We have to send that one to Spider-Man. Yep. Level up your level up. Mm-hmm. TM Wilmer. That's, yeah, I'm going to send him that one. <laughs> um, copyright Amelia, 5th of the 10th, 2023. Or if you're American, <laughs> 10.05, 2023, at around 21, 22. Yeah, or if evening. you're American, it's still the 5th of the 10th, 2023. Get a grip. <laughs> Well, they say 10.05, don't they? Or is that the no. time? I've yeah. no, no idea. No, it's 21.22. Right. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They do. 
and the it's 24 all confusing. Hour, and the 24 hour <laughs> clock's called military time because year, month, day, or day, month, year, but anything else is definitely a wrong one. Right, I think um, we could do year, day, month. I, shall I, I'll hand back to you guys, but for, because there's, there are drum rolls and winners and things, and I'm not reading that name out, just straight up. <laughs> I, I am so not reading that name out. So I'm handing... No. Oh, no, <laughs> this one's yours. Are you ready, Flossie? I am ready, yes. Okay. Take it away. This week's this week's mock winner is Grizzly Beefstick. <laughs> what a name. <laughs> I love that name, the Grizz Grizzly Beefstick. Wow. <laughs> That's a name. <laughs> and do we Deary have me. a word of the week? Well, we f first, have... first of all, should yes. we tell Grizzly Beefstick what to do if they hear oh, this right. announcement? Yes. No. Well, is it grizzly all... or grizzly? Uh, grizzly. grizzly no. And whatever grizzly. you do, don't send us pictures of your Grizzly Beefstick. We would like, we would like a picture of your cockpit, though. Oh God. <laughs> We are in danger territory yeah. on the inbox. We're going to get shut down now. If you could hide your grizzly beef stick behind something, showing, really showing your name. Oh, thank God for that. So showing <laughs> grizzly beef stick, but not your grizzly beef stick. <laughs> Together with your name, address, shoe size, everything else you can think of, yeah. too. Uh, no, not everything. <laughs> I took part at twittenhub.com. Don't send all your vital statistics. Yeah. Whereupon I'll get to it at some point. This is the one time we're going to limit the vital statistics. Now you see, Amelia, you, you said you didn't want to do the rare this week. Yes. But having seen that, you see, I'd picked it specially. Oh, right. Okay. All right. I can do the rare. Yeah. Are you sure? Yes, I can do it. Because Don't it, is, it, 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 it is the... Um, Epitome of, I'll, of um, I'll do this, relevance to the name. I'll, I was, I'll do this just for Grizzly Beefstick because it's such an awesome. <laughs> so, so what, what is? Uh, I might have to edit the script while while you're talking. Well, while Flossie's doing a CG bit, I'm have to edit specially some lines into there. But <laughs> yep, anyway, no problem. So, do we have a word of the week? We do have a word of the week. Word of the week this week is Gonguzler. Wow, and what does that mean? A gongoozler is a person who stares. A non-participating spectator. Don't go there. You've already gone there, haven't you? <laughs> you have gone there. Can you use it in a sentence, please? Oh, yes, I can. Gusta the Clown's latest stunt, stunt, attracted a lot of gongooslers, but no one was willing to be sewn into quarters. Sounds like a very cunning stunt to me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Volcarius, that is the correct spelling. Um, yes. Gongoozler. <laughs> Gongoozler. I like Gongoozler. Where the hell did you find that one? <laughs> it's in the book. It's spectacular. It's, it's, he's got a book and everything. <laughs> I've got a book. David sent me a book last Christmas. Ah. It's got all of the words. It's got all the weird words in it. Oh, Grimalkin. Wow. You've got a Grimalkin, Amelia. I do. What's a Grimalkin? It's a cat. Oh, well, mm. well, you should have used that next week. I will use it next week. But you've, <laughs> you've given it next week's early. Oh, I'm going to throw them off a scent by using the word Ninny Hammer. And <laughs> Quantrell. And 
Mooch. Oh, Scaramouche. You know, you should start using. You should start using the previously uh, used. You know, uh, word of the weeks. The previous word of the weeks. You should start using them in the sentences of the current word of the week. Well, it's going to end up a bit like the. Using this week's and last week's. It's going to end up like that one with the the. Discombobulated and then recombobulated lit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah th- that whole sentence, yes. Except a lot more tongue twisty because Gongoozlers isn't exactly the easiest thing to say after a bucket of Centauri Megagin. No. <laughs> Especially not if we have the bamboozle Gongoozlers. What's that keyboard done to you? It's a response off to Vulcarius. Yeah. Oh, it's so, some great. This is David sent me this last Christmas, and it's just got all the best words in it. It's, it's the, the gift that keeps giving. You have the best <laughs> to, words. to all of us. <laughs> Aranthropy. Don't don't. Oh. You've got to stop the words. You've got to release them just, week right, by I'm week. Just, gonna, I'm just, just mute the mic. Mute the mic. Tell, oh, dewdropper. Stop just it. <laughs> Shariantism. Power in your finger. I, I don't actually, <laughs> not without muting all of you. <laughs> no, I no I do. <laughs> I'm optimist. You do actually. You could kill him in uh, Teamspeak. Yes. I I don't have that authority in Teamspeak. Yeah, when uh, you did a level check, level it to zero. There you go. Oh yeah. Right, uh, optimist. Right. <laughs> now, skipping are you going to over the capybara of of bad puns? Are we, are we going to have a bad pun? I feel like we're m- missing out. A bad pun? No, only good puns here. What do you call a three-foot-long anteater? Jeff. Little Jeff. It's no. obvious. Reginald. Yeah. Capybara. No, I call it no, the Arvark. Arvark! 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 Oh, God. Um, so, Flossie, would you like to do the CG news? Yes, I would certainly like to. It's flossy. It's flossy. It's flossy. It's flossy. And the community goes. Are you there, Flossie? Sorry, I'm pressing the wrong key. <laughs> Hello, Flossie here with this week's CG News, this time pressing the right button to talk. <laughs> Last week's CGs. Uh, supply resources to rescue Thargoid abductees. Finished just over halfway between tiers 1 and 2, with over 13.6 million units collected. Uh, protect deliveries in Senlu finished between tiers 4 and 5 with nearly 86 billion credits earned. Uh, the subsurface extraction missiles have been awarded and are also now available for 822,091 credits from the rescue megaships. Paintjob should also be available now for top 75% or higher, for, which was the federal gunship Aegis Garrison paint job 
Alliance Cruiser Aegis Garrison Paint Job and Imperial Clipper Aegis Garrison Paint Job. Our new CGs starting today. Celebrations in Seoul for Federal Election. A series of public events to celebrate the forthcoming presidential election are being held in the Seoul system. Congress approved a request by President Zachary Hudson to finance a range of festivities, concerts and shows across the home system of the Federation. Billions of people are expected to attend, leading to requests for of crystalline spheres, Gracian Guru's beer, Indie Bourbon, LTT Hypersweet and Hypersweet and Pantar Press Sticks to be delivered to Leaking Yao Starport in orbit over planet Earth. Congress also agreed to authorise a temporary two-week permit for all Pilots Federation members to access the Sol system. President Hudson announced the events across all federal news channels where he said, Now we approach the time as determined centuries ago by the federal accord of our civilization's most profound tradition, the peaceful transfer of power. I have been deeply honoured to serve as your president for the past eight years. And you, the people of the galaxy's largest ever democracy, deserve to celebrate all that we have accomplished together. Vox Galactica's political journalist Conrad Sterling observed, This is clearly a high-profile attempt to boost public morale, one that follows President Hudson to leave office on a positive note. Political critics are viewing it as a way to distract the citizens from the prolonged Targoid War, the recent Rackham scandal and various other challenges besetting the Federation. But the eagerness of most citizens to embrace the sentiment proves one fact remains true. Everyone loves the party. As an additional incentive, the Federal Congress is offering paint jobs, as shown in the um, in the screenshots there and festive flak launches to qualify qualifying participants. The top 75% will receive two festive flak launches which are pink and red. The top 50% the duty counter paint job for the federal gunship and the top 25% the duty counter paint job for the Federal Corvette. Voting will open next Thursday for Federal citizens to choose either Vice President Jerome Archer or Shadow President Felicia Winters as their next President. The election winner will be announced at the start of the following week. The campaign begins on 5th of February, uh, February, October and will run for one week. If the final target is met earlier than planned, the campaign will end immediately. To earn rewards, you must sign up as an active participant before delivering Crystalline Spheres, Gerusian Gills Beer, Indie Bourbon, LTT Hypersweet and Panther Press Sticks to Lee King Yao Starport in the Sol system. Blossy told you what to do. So, just a little reminder to our pilots that uh, two of those rares that are required for the CG 
are actually available in Houghton Space. We have yeah. George's Pants with the Pantoprestics and Epsilon Indy with the Epsilon Indy Bourbon. Hick. And now we're skipping straight past Beetlejuice and Wotherspoon because we uh, don't have a Galnet Digest this week. So uh, it's over to Amelia with this week's Galnet Rares instead. Take it away, Amelia. And remember not to titter at the grizzly beef stick. You are about to listen to Amelia Hawk. She tries all the galaxy's most dangerous rare items, so you don't have to. Tonight, in honor of our mug winner and their wildly inappropriate name, which I can't stop giggling at, we're making a return visit to look at another one of the galaxy's rarest and most dangerous cooking ingredients, the Mukajing Beast Feast. Looking at the crate the Beast Feast is delivered in, we're in for quite a banquet. The first hint for the contents is the colourful packaging in orange and black stripes, emblazoned with the word warning they're great eat them before they eat you and a picture of a rather vicious looking tiger you have to look carefully though as he's well camouflaged advertised as the galaxy's most dangerous cereal this is about as far away as you can get from being made from toasted flakes or puffed rice unless the flakes have really big teeth and the rice has a habit of dismembering you with each mouthful Whatever possessed the designers of this cross between a bar snack, tapas serving, and meat-fortified breakfast snack to use the ingredients they did boggles the mind. But the outcome is said to be one of the most exciting meat-sweat-inducing meat sweat feasts in the galaxy. A veritable grizzly beef stick of a morsel <laughs> to assuage all your hungers. If you want to eat your way to the top of the food chain, then this is the food for you. Nolly Terminal in Mokjing occupies a system with both an Earth-like planet and a water world, and it was here that early settlers discovered that they shared their new living space with a range of creatures that appeared to want nothing more than to use them as a little bit of a snack every now and then. A bit like Australia. With an abundance of prey creatures on the lush planets, the megafauna of the bitey and eaty variety have developed specializations in a biological arms race that have left them feared as one of the galaxy's most dangerous wildlife. Whether it's the Mokajing drop bear and its uncanny ability to unscrew the top of your head whilst snacking on one of your ears, to the toothsome flying Megadonto duck, which not only steals the bread from your hand but takes everything up to your bicep with it. It is said that the reptile life of the planet makes Jurassic Park look like a trip to the local petting zoo, and deep sea fishing is one of the most dangerous professions there is. You do it with a fusion-powered sub, uh, submarine and high-yield warheads, and even then the many-tentacled Mokajin Kraken will probably just laugh before dragging you to Davy Jones' locker. As humanity does when faced with the adversity of this sort, their first thought was, can I eat it? Well, it turns out you can, and unlike planet Earth, where predators make very poor eating indeed, most people preferring grass-fed, free-range, lab-grown burgers, the fauna on Mokajin is actually quite tasty. 
If you like the Ochuang chili flavoured pork scratchings or those dodgy late night kebabs that they sell outside the nightclubs in O'Connor and Van Manen Star, usually after a bottle or three of the tonic wine made by the Mad Monks, then this is just the food for you. The ingredients on the box state that the feast is reinforced with 223 confirmed man-eating species. Uh, too many to name here, but we're reass uh, reassured that the vicious divorce cougar, giant six-foot toothed tapeworm, it eats your intestines, but from the outside in instead of the inside out, and of course that old favourite, the mock panda, are all included. As for the taste... <laughs> It's meaty. Very, very meaty. Um, yeah, a bit like grizzly. Um, the umami flavours are strong, but it leaves anyone snacking on it with enormous sense of galactic superiority. Haxwinger said to chew on some mockaging beast jerky before engaging the Thargoids in combat. They wouldn't be drawn as to whether any of the salvaged Thargoid hearts that accompany the explosive green clouds after combat are included, but you can bet your bottom dollar that they're coming out with a new improved recipe sometime soon. Is it worth the cost? Uh, well, judging by those vicious looking Shih Tzu that we saw prowling outside the compound here, I wouldn't want to head out hunting without being paid an awful lot of money. Definitely not vegan friendly though. I'm Amelia Hawke, and due to excessive meat sweats after my first Beast Bar snack sample, I'm going to go for a cold drink and a bit of a lie down. Grizzly beef stick. Hey, hey. Okay. Amelia, Amelia. <laughs> Amelia, I've got yeah. one for you here. Appropriate. Okay. Put in a burger for the vegan. Said <laughs> 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 oh, with so much oh. relish. Yes, actually, probably it's quite good with some relish as well on your mm. breakfast meaty snack. I mean, I suppose there are certain countries in the world where eating vast amounts of meat for breakfast, you know, you go you go to the uh, continental-style buffet and next to it is sort of a number of carved-up animals and think, oh, well, I mean, you know, a full Scottish breakfast for our friends from North Britain does involve haggis and things, doesn't it? But that's not haggis, meat. Haggis, but... black pudding, sausages. Sassanax. Technically, black pudding is meat because it is, well, blood pudding. Well, Haggis is meat, not, definitely. Not vegan, shall we say that? Yeah, definitely yes. not vegan. I mean, I had an argument the other day with Sandrine about uh, whether a salad bowl was a food bowl. Because... What, salad not being food? <laughs> exactly. It's not food, it's Sa what food eats. Salad is what food eats, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, well, well th thank you, thank you very much for doing the rares. I know you, you said you wanted to skip that one this week, but I just couldn't help it after the name of that winner. I really couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Dear me, there must be a story behind it, but I'm not sure we want to know. In fact, we probably don't want to know. I um, definitely want to know. <laughs> oh, little little grey in chat is asking whether the uh, the, the beast snacks are um, cold sausages or wobbly sausages. Definitely no. wobbly. No, they're they're, they're grizzly beef grizzly, sausages. Grizzly beef sticks. 
also known in in Washington DC as the footlong pit dog. But anyway, um, right. I'm <laughs> laughing at this far too much than I should really. <laughs> well, are we being childish? We yes. are. Yes. Um, right. Uh, well, thank you very much for welcoming me back into the studio for for one evening, and I'm glad I avoided Flossie's pan at least after that first lump. Um, the the retro phrenology is definitely changing my personality week on week every time she does that. Um, and it's nice to hear some CGs back. It's nice to hear that there was at least one um, uh, Frontier live stream, and uh, the next one will be well, within the month, I suppose. Um, it, it's weeks. lovely to hear from Chicks now that Chicks is back, albeit his portrait isn't. Mm. He did sit for it for an awful long time. Uh, I think my portrait might be back now as well. Um, are we all back next week? think so. Yeah. I'm not. Yes. Would be good. I'm not. Well, I might be. Hang on a second. I'm to... No, no, 12th I'm not. I'll be attempting to drive back from central London on the 12th. So I'll be able to chuck some words into the um, the, the word mixer. You could go remote. Well, I, I could do. I could dial in. I mean, if I could phone in, I, I could make it up on the fly whilst um, definitely not driving, because that would probably be illegal. But, um, yes. TeamSpeak <laughs> for mobiles, I think. You could always do yeah. it here and I thought, then I, drive home. I, I used TeamSpeak on my iPhone when I was yeah. when you were arriving reporting from Oh, the you were in the pub, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You could always yeah, do it here and then drive at... home after all the traffic has died down. Swearing at the suicyclists like I was the other day here, driving back from London. <laughs> the, 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 uh, the, the running commentary about, you know, the red light does apply to you as well, mate. Uh, and then realised my window was open. <laughs> <laughs> Not advisable. <laughs> no, so I've I, I relegated myself to issuing the odd hard stare. <laughs> the side window. I thought the side window was down, but it was up, and I found out when I put my bloody head through it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, well, thank you very much, the entire radio team, and thank you very much also for for covering whilst I was away. I, I have listened to two thirds of them. I did miss last week's. Unfortunately, I, I, so I catch up on last week. I think as penance, you should do the klaxon for the mug. Yeah. What the? I have to do the 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 whispering so we don't make wake mooncake for the mug. <laughs> no, that's if I was to do it, that's what I'd have to do. Because <laughs> I don't, I, be I don't fancy dying do the, tonight. Awuga, awuga. I'll do, I'll do the awuga. You do the big shout for the mug. As as penance for not being here for so long. Just, but yeah, I might, that's, I might that's wake fair. my own my my own wild Please animals that are wandering up and down. Okay, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> Hang on a second. Shut the window. The neighbours don't want to hear this. Woody. Attack! Yes, it's, Henry comes upstairs. Why did my puppy just attack me? Well, yeah, it's because I was yelling into the microphone. <laughs> for the mug, of course. It's all yes, for the mug. Absolutely. Let's see if you can get him to howl along. <laughs> Are you ready? Um, no, I'm, I'm getting there. Hang on a second. I'm girding my loins. Hang on. That, that window is shut. There's padding put up there. Your loins, yep. not your lions. My lions. Uh, so we have to issue a warning to all of our listeners, including the first-time posters that popped up earlier, that what is about to happen might get a little bit loud. Now, it is traditional to warn you that if you're afraid of loud noises, of a sensitive disposition, are uh, wearing in-ear earphones, um, yes. we suggest you turn it down a bit, move them. Are we going to raid somebody, by the way, um, as well? Probably. Before I, I ramble any further. Stargoid. Jack Little. Well, he normally bails on us. Last time he raided him, he bailed two seconds. Celine Stardragon. 
Celine Star Dragon. Now that sounds okay. like a cool can you name. Use it in a could, could, you, could you send me that spelling in a message so I don't accidentally raid something wholly inappropriate? Like uh, they are playing board. Elite Dangerous, right? They are, okay. Yeah, they well, are, if yeah. you could put it on the on-air room chat there for me so I can line it up for in a second. There it is. Uh, Celine, uh, as, it, as it sounds, let me just... Celine. Uh, copy that. Now remember, everybody, play nice. Uh, and give, give the Celine Star Dragon a a, uh, a gentle for the mug. <clears throat> but if if you haven't heard the warning, just just be a little careful because it might get a little bit. I'm I'm moving slightly <laughs> away from the microphone. I've already blown my microphone up once this week. <laughs> Are you ready? Count me in, klaxons and all. <laughs> for the mug. For the mug. Mug. For the mug. Mug, 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 mug. No journey too long and no cargo too small. The profit margins never really mattered at all. We're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today. Super cruising all across the Milky Way. We'll take anything, anytime, anywhere. To the sun, Swivel acts the pilot on the Xbox One. Alvin at the front, you know he leads us well. Trucking across the galaxy, now everybody else. Follow the mug, follow the mug. Yeah, you know just where we're coming from. Follow the mug, follow the mug. Now everybody sing the Hutton Trucker song.
Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the show. Everyone's buggered off now, so why don't you bugger off too? Seamless.